that walk, that walk, that walk. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Hello and welcome to Walk and Roll Live. I am Doug Vincent. He is Eric Aguilar, coming to you from the Aguilar Professional Training Studio. What say you? You're Bel Eric, man. I tell you, I'm getting goosebumps, man. And let me tell you, today's episode is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Hey, um, how, how was your week? You have a good week? Oh, yeah, my week was good, man. I took my fiance out for lunch yesterday. We had some pizza. We did some shopping. I'm still holding the title at uh, Nintendo Wii uh, Bowling, and I'm trying to tackle um, Wii Golf if I can. Yeah. But for the record, I'm actually getting better. It's the little things I really have to work on still, like how to compensate, keep that steady swing. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't start being a championship golfer. You gotta gotta put in the time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what the heck is up with our Raiders? I don't know, man, because I was not too happy yesterday. We were so close to crushing the Chargers. We only lost by seven points. And what happened was one of the players, um, I think, was right in front of the guy or threw the ball, and it, and the guy caught the ball. And I'm like, man, you just handed him the game and cost our one chance to turn this around. What is the matter with you? Well, you know, and as, as is always the case with the Raiders, those, those unforced errors, you know, those – those uh, penalties that come at the worst time or all the time or however you want to look at it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so still, you know, still a lot of work to do. And then my angels, are you an angel fan or a Dodger fan? Well, I'm an angel fan, but let me tell you the truth. I haven't seen a baseball game since they won the world series back in Oh two. What? Why not? It is evidence. I just given given the time and the day to watch baseball. I guess because- not. More of a football and uh, boxing and uh, UFC fan when it so comes do, down to. Do you watch NASCAR at all? Well, no, but I did have an uncle who was in the NASCAR back in the day. When it comes to basketball, I'll still watch the Lakers every now and then. Gotcha. NASCAR is my number one sport. They're in the they're in the playoffs right now. Just at Talladega, which is always always <laughs> exciting. That was that was good. So we'll see how it goes. Um, well, like we said, we got a good. Interview today is with Lynn Getman. She's a veteran and very involved with the disability community. So uh, we'll be talking with her. We're going to take a quick time out and we'll be right back. What does that tell, folks? Aguiar Professional Training offers comprehensive organizational development and organizational effectiveness services for corporations, nonprofits, educational institutions, and individuals. What they do is improve work environments in key areas, such as performance management gaps, group interactions, morale and trust building, and team dynamics, to name just a few. Using a strength-based approach in conjunction with individual or group coaching, all of the strategies have produced significant results. APT also assists with managing change, improving work processes, training, and management of human capital. Learn more at agyarprofessionaltraining.com. A-G-U-I-A-R professionaltraining.com. 
Once again, you are listening to Walk and Roll Live from the Agyar Professional Training Studio. I am Doug, and uh, it is a Tuesday, so this is the place to be, or anytime you choose to listen. We appreciate it. He's Eric. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Happy Tuesday. <laughs> and today, we have the honor of talking with Lynn Getman. She is a veteran and uh, very involved with the disability community. And uh, so we just want to get to know her a little bit today and uh, hear her story, how she uh, came to be a part of our community and uh, how that's affected her life, you know, how she's uh, going through it. And I I was uh, telling somebody the other day that, you know, we've met uh, a couple of times at the Possibilities Mixer. And I, so I don't know a whole lot about you, but I get the sense that you're your life is on track and you're thriving post injuries and, and all of that. So that's good to hear. So we'd like to start with just getting a little background on you. Where, where are you from? Uh, me, I actually, uh, I was born in the Midwest. I was born mm-hmm. in Ohio, but when I was about, ooh, I don't know, eight or nine years old, somewhere in there, uh, my mother moved to California. My parents divorced. My mom moved to California. And I've kind of been on the West Coast ever since. Um, bulk of that time is spent in California, sometimes spent up in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. between Washington and Idaho, and then back to California. The bulk of my West Coast experiences are California. <laughs> All right. So you're here in Southern California now. Yep. Right? That's home? Yep. Yes, so- it's home. So at some point, uh, you you went into the military. Right? I did, I did, I did. Um, yeah, I was. I went into the military late. You know, I didn't go like right out of high school oh. into the military. So I, I waited a little bit. I you know messed around in the civilian world, and I started realizing that you know I wanted to. My goal was to like uh, retire from the military. I planned on doing twenty years because I saw that as like a you know, my retirement, my future, you know, good, all good that plan. good stuff. Yeah. And, um, but you know, fate had a little, little twist there for me. <laughs> life does those <laughs> things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Life had a little bit of a, a curveball there, but, <laughs> but before we got to the curveball, that yeah. was my reason for going that. And I wanted to, uh, get a little extra money maybe for college. So I thought, you know, this is a way for me to do that yeah. and do something good. And, um, despite what people think, um, I know I, I, I hear, you know, people a lot, like they always think that, um, if, if you're a veteran or you served in the army or the Marines sometimes too, right. that, um, you kill people and that's your objective. <laughs> that was not my objective. And that was not the objective of anybody actually I knew in the military, even the infantry people. We actually really wanted to help. You know, yeah. we, we knew that we were, you know, in situations where sometimes people really needed us. And we tried our best to always do that. And yes, sometimes we had to fire a gun, but for the most part, we tried to help people too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for your service. You know, maybe, oh, thank you. I want to make sure I say that. I, I because I'm in a chair, I get mistaken, especially if I'm at an event where you know that's for veterans. I get a lot of people, you know, thanking me for my service. And I, I always tell them I'm not, I'm not a, a veteran, but I am a supporter. You know, big time. So, um, thank, thank you, thank, thank you for you. your support. I appreciate it. Um. So, so what was the nature, you know, one other thing I, I always too, cause I've, I've interviewed a number of different organizations with the military over my radio career. 
And, and, and I've learned, and, and it's, it seems like it should be obvious, but there are many, many, many jobs in the service. And, and, and really the, the combat line is probably one of the smallest groups really. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, it depends on the service too, by the, out of all the armed services, the army has the most jobs. We have like well over 300 mm -hmm. that we put people into, but yeah. Um, the infantry is, is yeah, it's, it's it's not all the, yeah, it's like a, maybe a third of the army, yeah. but there's like two thirds of the army that's not infantry. It's like logistics does, and getting the equipment there, right. getting all the support exactly. stuff there. Yeah. The MPs, logistics, mm -hmm. uh, and then the air assault and air coordinating people we have. We had an air unit as well. So, I mean, they were a total thing all over there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there was all kinds of components that, that, you know, let up. So yeah, I mean, there's there's many, and then like, and then the Air Force has you know many different jobs. Yeah. The Marines are kind of the smallest group of service members, and I, I don't know how many jobs they have because they kind of do things a little differently yet differently. But they also, I think, by default, have a lot of jobs only because of the Navy, because the Navy has a lot of jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they're part and of that system. I was going to say Marines are part of the Navy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're all they all share the same thing, yeah. and the Army and the Air Force share a little bit still, even because they were once you know part of. And now they're the Air Force was once a part of the Army. If folks don't know that, and then it broke away, mm -hmm. so we share a little bit, but they pretty much are their own entity. We are our own entity, and um, I think in the future they might. Uh, they might start working more with Space Force. So I look for that to kind of oh. them to go kind of go that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that works out because we're boots on ground people usually. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was your job in the, in the service? Uh, my job, as they say, my MOS, my mm -hmm. military operational specialty mm -hmm. um, was 46 Quebec. And what that was is um, PAO, Public Affairs Officer. That's a misleading title because I was enlisted. But what that is, is that's a military journalist. And what the um, military does for journalism is it mixes writing, photography, and PR together. And that's what they call it. They do, they, they do that with things. They put things together differently sometimes as you do in the civilian world. So I, I do in the civilian world, obviously, if I were a journalist, I wouldn't have to worry about PR. Somebody else would be doing that. Um, I may or may not have to take a photo. That does translate over a little bit, depending on whether or not I'm a photojournalist or a word journalist. But they have more like defined paths, I think see in the civilian world, whereas the military kind of put that all together. So my job was to uh, write stories, take pictures and write stories, and it had to have a military theme. So I always had to have a service member in there somewhere doing something, or is it was four service members, or it happened on a base. That was my thing. And then I pub my stuff got published in military publications. So, so how, how many and, years uh, were you in service? I was in service eight years. Eight years. So was was the majority of that um, more of a like a peacetime type application, or were you in hot zones, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> no, I signed up in two thousand four, which uh, I got mm -hmm. a special little thing for signing up in a time of war. Gotcha. So I got a, like a little half like paper star, I think, for that one. <laughs> 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 so, but, um, 
Uh, yeah, um, no, it was it was a time of war when I signed up. There was de- yeah, there was definitely hot zones. Iraq was up and popping. Two thousand five was probably one of the worst years in the Iraq War, and that was my first year, my first like full year in the military, kind wow. of. So, wow. so you really hit the ground running. I did, yeah. I did, but um, it was it was weird how they did my class. Uh, my class, we didn't get shoved straight into Iraq. Some of us ended up there, but um. We ended up in Korea. That's where I ended up. Yeah. Except for uh, there was seven people that didn't go to Korea. Five uh, went to Hawaii. And, well, actually, excuse me, six went to Hawaii. Five Hawaii, one Fort Campbell in the United States. They went back to the U.S. They stayed in the U.S. And then one went to Italy. Which that was the one we were all jealous of. It's like, dude, how'd you sure. end up in Italy? Yeah. <laughs> <like> <laughs> Even more than Hawaii, huh? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was yeah. way cooler. Because Hawaii, you're isolated. You're on an oh, island. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful, but you're not going anywhere but Hawaii. But Italy, you can see some places, you know, in your yeah. time off. You know, yeah. and even that big island, you know, they call it the big island, but it's pretty small. Yeah, well, the yeah. big island is still an island. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, still an island. <laughs> so, so, um. So then did your uh, disability, did that take place in in the service? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I have um, two injuries that happened. One happened uh, while while it was like a downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were trying to put together this like, you, you, OK, in the in the army, the cav, the cavalry has these events where they do a spur ride type thing where you earn your spurs it's a big thing for the like army cavalry and they do them periodically i am not a cav person so please excuse me i'm i know that it exists i know they do it but um as far as like the intricacies i i am not good at that but i was going to do we were like working on a fundraiser to help raise money for this committee that wanted to put one of those on so the guys so we were having this horse riding event and uh we were going up the back of this hill and um, something spooked my horse and it took off at a full gallop and it started bucking like you know like this and um it it popped up and it popped me up and luckily when it went up i went backwards and i went one way and the horse came down and went the other way or things could have turned out really really bad Mm -hmm. but i went like sliding across the earth which i don't remember too much of at all i woke up kind of one as i stopped but it kind of took this like skin off my arm i uh, messed up the entire right side of me basically so and it was funny because my first injury was on my right side too. It, it kind of hit me in the neck area. And um, so basically my entire right side is, is not, it's, it functions when it wants to mm. <laughs> basically. <Fun. laughs> yeah. It's kind of on its own schedule. We just kind of, <laughs> you know, let it do its thing. But yeah, the, the left side of me is fairly normal, but the, or like on, on, unencumbered but my right side is very much encumbered so So was that through was there nerve damage or or uh nerve damage neuropathy um sciatica there's uh yeah i was gonna say i can't remember what it's called i i end up oh god what is it it's um 
I'm in the same group where there's a lot of folks with cerebral palsy mm -hmm. and some of the CP people I've talked to, I, I kind of get it, even though we obviously came here from very different. I do not have cerebral palsy or anything like that, yeah. but um, like, like the neuropathy and that thing where you can't stretch your leg, you know, like I hear you like oh, stretch in the morning. I have to be careful really like on my right side, especially my legs, if I do like a leg stretch, I have to be very careful on how I do that or I will send myself into like an hour pain thing oh. where I my the my leg will just spasm out of control. And so I, I don't stretch the right side of me very often because it just is not something I can do. Um so it's not something that so you can I, do slowly to maybe mitigate some of that? No, it just well it, it it depends. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes, yeah, yeah I can. Yeah. Sometimes that is not going to work. And, and but I'm I sure forget, you don't want to take the chance whether you got an hour. No, you don't. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Like so, I just kind of lay low a little bit. I forget what that's called, but there's a name for it. It's um, it's if I have my like little like VA record, I can flip open and say, oh yes, it's the. But I Eric, is this something you can relate to? I know Eric uh, is one of. Uh, <laughs> CP counterparts. Oh, right on. Hey. Well, this is one of my uh, disabilities. It affects me more on the uh, right side of my body, known as the hemiplegia stages, which is one of the uh, mild stages and common stages of cerebral palsy. Right. So yeah. is that is that typical, uh, Eric, of, of cerebral palsy, that it affects one side yeah. or the other? Uh, yes. And in a, in, a, in a translation, my... My um, right side is more weaker than my left side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My left is more my dominant side. Interesting. Yeah, I, my brother and yeah. I, we both had polio. And I don't know, uh, you know, I haven't done enough research to know if this is typical of polio either. But but right. we both have a dominant side and a, yeah. you know, a weaker side. But it's the opposite on each side. You know, my right side is more dominant. And his left side is more dominant, is stronger. Yeah. So it, it's interesting how those things work out. So yeah. did you spend some significant time in the hospital, Lynn? I, I've had some moments in the hospital. Well, well I mean, uh, initially, <laughs> initially with the injury, did you, was yeah, there a long I, period like with the healing, uh, of course, and maybe some therapy well, there? I was still in the military. So, mm -hmm. um, when all this happened, so, uh, they, they do things a little bit different. So, um, I definitely took some time. I mean, I was down because my entire side was green and purple and I was swollen beyond recognition. And then after that, um, I, I had a several procedures because I ended up developing a um, football-sized hematoma mm -hmm. in my hip area. So they kept draining it. And draining it and draining it and draining it. and it would keep coming back, keep coming back. So I ended up having to have a surgery for that as well. So uh, they ended up taking out the entire hematoma. And because of what was going on with that, that helped mess up some other stuff in there too. I'm, he's much better with the technical terms than I am. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I got a pain right here and it's bad. And he's like, yeah, it's me. the stages of, you know. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Eric! About yeah. your medical knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> like, very nice, impressive. <laughs> but, um, but they, yeah, they, they put me, um, and usually in the uh, categories when I do stuff, I'm in the, um, what is that the impair, the um, 
paired range of motion and paired passive range of motion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the category I get in. And if they need a specific, cause I know there's a bunch of different things that qualify under that. And they usually put for me a uh, trauma due to trauma. I ended up in here so that folks know it's not due to a, like a um, chronic disease or, well, it's not a birth driven mm-hmm. disease, you know, like it wasn't okay. something of that. Yeah. Or like you say, a chronic or, well, for me, it is chronic. It's not gone yeah. away. Yeah. Now a, it is definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, if it were going to go away, I'm, it probably would have 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. it's, it's here to stay. So yeah. It's and like myself, you know, I mean, I was born healthy and, and a year old mm-hmm. got polio, but so if, for all intents and purposes, yeah, it's a lifetime, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I so, mean, even the when when you when you started to kind of come back to the world, um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious just how you know how you perceive things. You know, now you have this new perspective from somebody with a disability. Um, were you prepared for, or was the world prepared for you? And what was the accessibility like for your needs? Oh God, yeah, no, no, and no, uh, yeah. <laughs> all the way through. Yeah, the world. The world that I had was not prepared for me. I was not prepared for my new world. Um, you know, it was it was a real shock all the way through because, you know, it, I'd say it was a good six months even after I was hurt that I still kind of had this belief that somehow, I didn't know how, but somehow I was just going to magically be fine. You know, I wasn't going to need, I mean, I need this chair and this right now, but that's okay because I'm not going to need it one day. And it, it just, it, that just was not in the cards at all. Yeah. And um, it took him, and, you know, it was one of those things where it took a minute for me to, uh, it was almost like a, like a grieving process. Yeah. At first it was like, I didn't believe it. The whole, I'm going to be fine. I don't, I'm just, this is all just temporary. Then I went into like an anger phase, like, you know, what the heck, you know, what's all, you know, anger, anger, anger. And then I went in and I slowly started morphing into like the acceptance, you know, like you go through the stages of, of grief in essence. And once I got to the acceptance stage, that's when I started being like, okay, this isn't the end. You know, there's all kinds of stuff I can do. I need to find out how I can do it, where I can do it, who I can do it with. And I slowly started like building up. The first thing I had to do is because I was still in the military, um, you had to, you have to go through a process of, um, getting out of them, you know, like mm-hmm. what they call chaptering out. Okay. So there was a, there was a debate because, and, and it was kind of my own fault because I was so in the beginning, oh no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to, I'm going to get that the military kind of took on that charge a little bit. They're like, well, we're going to keep you because, you know, we're just, we're, we're going to keep you, you know, we're not going to, we're, we're going to keep you here because we think you're going to be okay. And I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Doctors say, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, eventually it did come down to it. But. So did you entertain the thought at all that maybe even given the nature of your disability, you could still perform some of the tasks? Would they, were they open to accommodating you to see if you could still perform your tasks? Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, army accommodations only go so far and they're meant to be temporary, not permanent. Okay. If you have to have accommodations permanently, that's when they start saying, well, 
you know, maybe, I don't know if they've changed the rules or not. Now, granted, everything I'm telling you is circa 2004, 2012, and the Army does change things around. So someone hearing this may say, oh, no, the Army does it this way, and that could very well be true. But in in my time, and when I was there, they made only so much an accommodation, you know, their accommodation was only so big, and uh, that was that was kind of it yeah and and um they did they made an accommodation but it it wasn't like there isn't a substitute for running and when you have something that kind of blows out your hip and your lower back i i might at the time i had to run two miles in less than 20 minutes as part of your training right yeah that was part of that was my test that was my APFT that I had to take. So at the time I had to run 20 minutes under, or excuse me, two miles under 20 minutes. And it was actually a little over two miles. Our track was just the titch over, but um, I I wasn't going to do that. You know, there was like no way that I could do that, you know? And so that's what, that's what it became. Like I could do some of the upper body stuff, but the um, lower body stuff, no. And even though my job, you know, taking pictures and writing stories, technically, you, uh, I mean, you can sit in any kind of chair and write a story, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, they had standards and they didn't, you know, well, we don't want to see people this way or that way. You know, they, in the duty houses, they wanted everyone to look a certain way, be a certain way. So that, that was not going to be an okay answer either. Gotcha. So. So did you, was, were there services for you as far as, you know, counseling to help you kind of through this process or was it uh, all on your own? No, the army friends on counseling. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> okay. yeah, they, okay. they're not, and that's the kind of thing that uh, when you're, because you have to remember I was still in, when you're in and you talk to a counselor that ruins your career. Mm. It's not right. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it should be, and I'm hoping that maybe today it's changed. But my day, it would totally ruin your career. They didn't, they didn't want folks to do that. I can just, so, you know, just not a big leap to to see where that would impact PTSD. Yeah, it does, and I do. I got I. That's one of my diagnoses. Is I have mm-hmm. PTSD, yeah. and uh, there's there's an uh, yeah, there's lots of military reasons for that. Okay, we, we won't we won't chronicle all those. Yeah. yeah. So, in, say, in your service, two thousand four to two thousand twelve, where did this happen? Uh, in which, on that timeline, uh, the horse d- d- incident. D- 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 the the horse incident was probably around eight. Yeah, it was eight nine. Was through the years of eight and nine, I was wow, in my so, ten. So there were yeah, like was, three years where you still were in yeah. the service, kind of going yeah. through this. Right, back and forth. Yeah, because we we all kept, you know, and it was kind of like one of those things where I started it with, uh, oh, I think I can do it. And then it fed the army and the army's like, no, I think you can do it. And then I'm like, no, I can't do it. And then they would spire me on like, well, maybe I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it'd start that like cycle. Oh, I can do it. I am going to do it. You know, which which I'm sure you you know by now that that's not uncommon. Yeah. You know, and and people (laughs) think. You know, people that are in accidents and have uh, spinal cord injuries and they're yeah. either paraplegics or quadriplegics, they, you know, they vow that they're going to get up and walk again. You know, they they all yeah. say that in the beginning, you know, and, and, I, but I, and I think it's part of our, our human nature. Yeah. 
right? I, I think it's part yeah. of what gets us through that process, you know, coping with I it. I do. I do. Right? Yeah. I, I think so, too. I think you're right about that. Yeah, because it was necessary. It, it helped. Mm-hmm. And and then, it, you know, eventually, uh, once I got out, I was able to get hooked into the VA. Mm-hmm. And the VA, then I had all kinds of services. I had all kinds of counseling services. I had all kinds of medical services. You know, uh, if I, you know, needed any kind of assistive equipment, they would eventually help me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a big ship and it uh, moves slowly, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, nothing, and it's not the VA's fault. It's just government. It's just the way it all rolls. It's always slow. Yes, you know, it's, the, it's the you get they get they get you used to that in the military in your first year. It's the hurry up and wait syndrome. You know, <laughs> I think we've all heard of that, right? Yes. So, <laughs> um, have you become an advocate for the disabled community? Do you feel like you try to be a voice where you see uh, there's issues that should be addressed? I try. Um, yeah. What what I what I do is I I do a lot with the Wounded Warrior Project. And um, I try and see vets like me who are either newly wounded or wounded and isolated because that happens sometimes. They've been wounded and they got hurt like a long time ago, but they just isolated because they figured uh, I can't work or I can't do this. And, you know, so, they so get depressed. They've, they've self-isolated. They do self-isolate. Vets gotcha. self-isolate a lot, yeah, yeah. Um, which feeds the depression, the PTSD. Sure. And that's why we have a vet suicide problem. So. Um, I, I work with um, them. I work with MVP and different things, and and we we try and build each other up. Mm-hmm. I know with M with uh, MVP, there's a big focus on you know talking about problems and peer to peer working things out. And if things are too intense, or if we have somebody who's like really beyond your beyond a peer to peer scope, we do have a clinical director there as clinical psychologist, I should say. And uh, she's there to kind of pick up that slack and help direct those situations. I've never seen one arise that we really had to have somebody usually vet to vet, we can kind of help each other out because every situation, it's kind of like we all kind of have the same problems eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of one of those things <laughs> it's like oh i'm not doing that now oh i already did that here's how that works <laughs> yeah. like, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a certain uh shorthand that comes yeah. from that where everybody has these shares experiences and <laughs> right. without going into a right. long explanation you know exactly right. what they're talking about right yep yep and uh i'm i try and like mentor the folks that i know especially the female vets to mm-hmm. try adaptive sports there's a lot of adaptive sports. I mean, because you when they, oh, I don't like this sport. I said, you there's so many out there. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like that one, that's fine. There's another one out there. Just, you know, give it a shot. Give it a try. Because adaptive sports, I have found to be a real lifesaver. They're so much Good. fun. I wanted to get around yeah. to this because I know you found your passion. <laughs> uh, tell us about that. Sled hockey. Sled hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Sled hockey is my sport. Um, I really, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm the best player in the world or anything, but you know, I don't care. I just love being on the ice. Sure. I love, you know, doing, and um, yeah, if we can, we can win a game or two, that'll be awesome too. Yeah. So you got the social and aspect gets you, we you do know, keeps you we from do. being isolated. I'm sure there's we so do. many upsides. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have, um, I'm on the San Diego Ducks sled hockey team and we uh, not only have, 
hockey events and practices and stuff. But we have these like um, internal clinics that we throw that it's just us. And during those clinics, we'll have like team building experiences. It's like, for example, like we'll spend the morning on the ice doing a practice, doing a, you know, looking, sometimes we'll look at different plays um, in the one back room. And then, um, then like we'll go to, well, gosh, we've gone axe throwing, we've gone to parks, we've gone to, you know, what, all kinds of stuff we'll do, but we do it all as a team. All of us go as a team and we'll have like a dinner, a lunch, and then we'll do an activity and then we'll come back and do like one last practice. And then that'll be the end of that day. And then we'll start like the next day and we'll have, you know, on down like one time in the morning, uh, we maybe didn't go out to lunch that day, but we had the mothers of the youth team made everybody like little breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. So that was really awesome. You know, so we do a lot of like, which is nice, you know, because, um, like you said, we, especially being disabled, being a veteran, I, I have a tendency to isolate as well. So having reasons to get out and go places is always a good thing. Mm. And it's always nice. I, I like to, I'm not good at meeting people. I'm very socially awkward, but at least um, this gives me an opportunity to, to track to try and to practice and to do all that. So I, I very much appreciate it. I very much like it. It's a, it's a, a really great thing, you know, and everybody's, you know, we're all the same, you know, it's not like there's like, Oh, you know, hang on. We got to like hurry up and catch up. We're all there. So it's good. And, and so you must see the transformation <laughs> that it has on folks. You know, you experienced yeah. it yourself and then you, yeah. you know, I'm sure get to see it in other people. Cause I know in my experience um, with the disabled sports, there are, especially those folks who are new to injury and they're all, they're on that path, you know, to, to yeah. healing and mentally, emotionally, all those things. And, and I've seen people just come in just their, their whole body language is just, you know, down and, you know, and they're, uh -huh. they're almost look like they're forced to come there. You know, and right. then they, they start playing and, and it's like a transformation. It's an entirely yeah. different person in just that short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a couple. Um, uh, there's the Hockey is for Everyone initiative that the NHL has that the sled hockey stuff is under. Okay. And um, we had um, a free hockey event that they throw where anybody who wants to just you don't have to have any equipment. You don't have to even know how to skate. Nothing. Just show up. We'll help you out. We'll show you like how to like skate, just skate around and maybe hit the puck a little bit. Nothing too, it's nothing too bad or too hard. And um, people, like you said, they come in and they're like, yeah, and they're like, oh my God, this is wonderful. You know, they're <laughs> like, this is great. You know, and, and it's great to watch that like transformation. Cause I, I mean, I know to a degree, I think I've probably had it in myself, but I mean, I, it's nice to see it too in other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I had a, I had a dream for years to to ski for some reason you know there's there nothing in my life that I really felt like oh I missed that I don't get to do that I can't ride a bike you know whatever it is and, <laughs> yeah and but skiing I always wanted to try and I, I won't get into the the whole story of the <laughs> first attempt that I went to uh, to try it but I I finally got through a program here up in the mountains above San Bernardino I got to go and uh, it was amazing and, and I when I tell this story i always want to kind of give a disclaimer i'm not bragging but it's like 
I was meant to ski. I went. Yeah. From, yeah. I, I was on the um, just right. It, we, we didn't even go up the the lift yet. Just uh -huh. you know, kind of get it. It's like a little bucket that you sit in. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Yeah. And then yeah. you have little outriggers, like yeah. kind of like crutches with sleds on. So right. just down on the little bunny hill, I guess you would call it. You know, kind of got a feel for it. And then the instructor mm -hmm. says, "You want to go up on the hill?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's go." You know, I felt <laughs> confident. So we not only went by the beginners, we went to the inner. He took me to the intermediate. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and you know, man, if you've never, I don't know if you've ever skied and gotten off the lift. Yes, I have. Okay, so now imagine you're 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 in this bucket because you have to kind of hop into the. While it's moving, you got to hop into the, the little floating chair while you're in this bucket. So you don't have any feeling because you've got this bucket around your rear end. Mm -hmm. So you can barely tell where you are on the seat. So you get to the top, you know, and now you're hanging 30, 40 feet over <laughs> below. And he says, okay, now put your arms over your head. Now, my arms are the only thing that's given me any sense of security you know, <laughs> as I'm sitting in this chair with no belt, just dangling there. Now, he says, as we're still 20, 30 feet above, he says, now scoot to the edge of the seat. I can't feel, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> I can't feel my butt. How am I going to know when I've gotten to the edge of the seat? And then he says, now just put your arms over your head. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a seat dangling 20 <laughs> or 30 feet over the ground, moving. I can't feel my butt on the edge of the seat. And now you want me to put my hands over my head? So he said that at the last possible moment, as the hill comes up and they have like a berm of snow there and you, uh -huh. the, 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 you know, it gets right up to where your feet are kind of just about to hit that berm of snow. Now he, he says, when we get to that, he says, just throw your arms forward and you'll launch off onto the, you know, the little berm and you'll go right down. <laughs> I don't think I, 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 I think I fell the first time, you know, which is you know, no embarrassment. Um, but, uh, I, I came close to almost making that under those circumstances, so, <laughs> but, it, but, but then when I heard hit that slope, mm -hmm. I, I, I was just amazed. I mean, yeah. cause one of the, the one thing he told me as we were on the bunny hill, he says, wherever you look is where you're going to go. Right. He says, so don't think about it. Don't like try to lean or stare or whatever. If you want to go somewhere, just look that way. And there'd be times I'm like going for another skier. And I'm trying to turn and, a, you know, thought came into my mind. He said, turn. So I would turn my head to the right and just shoo, and then just miss that skier. It was anyway, that enough of that. That was that, but it's amazing what that sport can do for you. Yeah. Cause I, I, I've gone snow skiing before they did. When I did it, they did a little bit different. Cause I was in the sit ski, like you said, with the yep. things they mounted me on the front. They had the same where they hipped me up. And they, <laughs> but like you said, you lift? still could. Yeah, and yeah, you still yeah. kind of dangle a little bit, yeah. but they they at least strap. They did put a strap in there. Oh no but no, the... yeah. I had, to <laughs> I had to get on that thing while it was moving, so as it comes around. So yeah. on those those uh, little outrigger ski type things, yeah. you have to put those on the ground, and as the seat would come up behind you, you push on those to kind of give yourself a little jump, oh. and then you would hop into the seat. 
No, they they did it. Uh, I I guess I, I man that yeah you had a tough one because the way they did it for me <laughs> it was thrilling because the way they did it when I did it is they they'd slow it down a little they wouldn't stop it but it would slow down a little and there was two people with me who'd pick me up and like click me onto the back they'd sit in the seat normal mm-hmm. I'd have my sticks like this and we'd go and they just put like a seat belt around me and we'd yeah. go down the thing they'd oh, pop man. that off and then and then there was like a button they hit and. I went shooting out a little bit, so I had my riggers there to kind of stop me. And then they'd come along like I had um, I did a thing through. um, Oh, God, what is it called? Camo. It was through a wounded warrior project in Camo Aspen, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And it was up at Snowmass. They did. They took over that area like where the VA does their thing. And they uh, had us up there for four days. And we were allowed to try whatever snow sports we wanted to try, yeah. however we wanted to try. But the coolest thing about that trip, I mean, the sports part was cool, but this was like an extra level cool, mm-hmm. is right as we were getting there, the very next week was going to be the X Games. So they were setting up for it. Oh, so we wow. got to see like all the like cool, they had these massive snow ramps that people would like, they would test their stuff out on they do all these like things and so we'd watch that too and that was pretty exciting as well absolutely but but yeah no that i i I do enjoy snow sports i'm gonna be going this month to the angel city angel city courage weekend and and I'm i'm gonna try four sports there that i've never tried before um i'm gonna try disc golf I'm going to try wheelchair fencing, wheelchair football, and um, sitting volleyball. So in high school, I used to play volleyball. So I'm looking forward to that to see how that translates and all that. So, But those are the four new sports that I'm going to try that I've never tried before. So I'm anxious to see how that turns out. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, Angel City does like the Courage Weekend, I think once a year. Where I is believe. that? They, they rotate it around because last year it was in Cerritos, but this year it's in Sherman Oaks. Okay. So they kind of bomb around uh, California, basically. So Angel, what's it called? Angel City? Angel City Courage Weekend. Courage Weekend. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, find that and I will put that up on our website. Yeah, as I say, it's it's a really good, it's a really cool thing. It's a very um, fun event to attend. And um, people at the end of it, if they want, they have competitions where they can do competitions and stuff. If if you want to do that, if you like want to play a game or whatever, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Eric's ready to play over yeah, there. Yeah, he, is, he does. <laughs> I see him lighting up. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a really fun event. I'm looking forward to it. Now, I know something else you're involved in is uh, called the Soldier Ride. What's yes. that about? Uh, basically what that is, is, um, you, they, the city I got was San Diego. So I'm, again, I'm not going too far from home, but it'll be fun. Um, it's, it's a group of veterans and we have a varying degree of bicycle knowledge and ability. And what they do is they fit you and they give you the dimensions afterwards. If you want to take it to the VA or whoever your provider is to get a bike, that's just what you need. But mm-hmm. the first day that you're there, that's the first thing they do is they find exactly what kind of recumbent or whatever it is you need. And, um, 
people people get fitted and then after that we spend uh like like we'll spend like eight hours going on a bike ride we try and do 10 miles a day but we go as fast as the slowest person there's a no man behind policy so you stay together right we all stay together and um yeah so it's it's one of those things where you know depending on the group you can move along or if you got somebody who's maybe not really experienced you might move a little bit slower but we've got like a zero you know, like it, it's more important that we all go together than it gotcha. is, you know, you get there, you know, it's not a race. It's not a competition. Yeah. It's a group event where we're all, you know, it's one of those things where we all try and, and that's what it is. It's just a bunch of vets. And then they, in the evening, again, you know, we do like a dinners or they have like, you know, sports thing, like sports theme things we can do or, you know, stuff. And is that something I can add to our website or events page? Is it open to all veterans or? Anybody that wants uh, to get involved, or is it a certain group? This this one's um through that soldier riser. That's a wounded warrior thing. Okay, okay. So you have you would have to meet their criteria. Um, gotcha. though periodically we do have all all my vets groups actually, I would have to say a good majority of them have um stuff that they have like days that anybody can come and if you guys are open to that i will definitely let you know that hey this is a all person event if you want to come you're welcome to some of them are in person some are virtual Mm -hmm. usually they're in california southern california so if you know people are other places you know they they have to take that in mind that would be awesome because we're always looking for events to put on our page yeah that would be awesome yeah and um the uh, desert ability center and palm springs i don't know if you guys have heard of them or not uh they do an adaptive workout uh tuesdays and thursday mornings oh okay and um in it's person via zoom. or and zoom no it's just via zoom you know we yeah. all do we all do it via zoom uh because some people like you know i don't live in palm springs some people live way out of palm springs the other direction this way yeah. you know it's in the comfort of your own home you know which was good because we were, we were trying this new exercise and I looked really silly. I don't know. If <laughs> I was grateful for the home. You know? But, you know, plus when it comes to the disabled community, many times transportation could be yeah, you know, an that, issue. So it's nice if yeah. you can attend with Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So so we're doing that one to Zoom. So that one's that's a thing that, you know, they have stuff. Uh, they also just had a, a so- or, excuse me, a sled hockey clinic at the Burger Foundation out there. Um, next to where the um, firebirds do their stuff. So you, you know, the more I listen to you talk, Lynn, I'm I'm starting to realize that we're lucky to that you could carve some time out of your busy day to come and talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> I will always have time for my team possibilities, crew, no matter what. It. <laughs> you know, it, as we kind of wind up here, is there any any advice that you could give someone who's uh, newly come to a disability and that whole you know, that whole difficult early stage that you might be able to help them with? You know, what I would say is just don't give up and be kind to yourself. You know, allow yourself to feel whatever you're going to feel. Allow yourself to go through all the processes you need to go through. Don't judge it. Don't get mad. You know, sometimes people get frustrated because, oh, I used to be able to just jump up and do, you know, and you're not going to do that. Just don't get mad at yourself, you know, be patient. And once you get past, you know, this beginning part, which is the worst part, 
there's like this whole really cool world waiting for you, you know, <laughs> that's just absolutely more amazing than you could ever, than I ever imagined anyways. There were so many things I thought that I would never be able to do again that I totally can do. And I have just as much fun doing it than I did when I could stand up and do it. So I, I don't, that, that would be my best advice is just, just be patient with yourself, go through your healing, do what you need to do to get yourself to that place. So we can open that good door and show you yeah. this whole world of yeah. fun, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, it's, yeah. it's not lost on me as we, you know, as we interview our guests that, you know, we're, we're talking to the folks that have probably gotten through that process who are now thriving like you are. And, but there's so many individuals we don't know of that are, you know, isolated and mm -hmm. are going through that process and may or may not make it through, you know, sadly. Yeah. And, yeah. but if we can somehow get that word to them, you know, that, yeah, we're, we're here and it's good time. So, you know, yeah, come and join us. Right. I, I, yeah, because I try everywhere I go to get people excited about sports because that's the one thing that seems always like sports and arts seem mm -hmm. to always like connect with people. Arts is another great thing. I, that's another like passion of mine as well. I love um, doing artistic projects and stuff and I do them on my, I've, I've gotten almost like, obsessed with tie-dye i know that sounds weird oh, no. but it's true <laughs> no i don't mean like the hippie tie-dye stuff there's yeah. different kinds there's mm -hmm. like the japanese kind and the <laughs> you I, guys I have... are there too are you guys with me <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a cousin uh and, she, and she's you know one of those artsy types and and, and i am too I, I don't mean that in any right negative way but um it, but i always know that she's into something new I, for a while it was she was doing these beautiful lampshades and, you know, so yeah. last time I saw her, so, you know, what are you up to now? And she showed me these beautiful silk scarves with these mm -hmm. beautiful colors. And then she starts to explain the process to me where you take, you know, flowers and, and different leaves and things, and you arrange them on the mm -hmm. scarf and then you roll it up in parchment paper. You put it in a, a like a steaming tube and that transfers those colors to the scarf. But if you put like this bright, bright pink flower in there, it doesn't come out bright, bright pink. It comes out green. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So, so depending on what vegetation, you know, that you put in there, it comes out. So you have to kind of know what the difference is going to be. Right. You get what you achieved. But yes, there's so many different mediums yeah. when it comes to art you know and yeah. it's just endless really yeah, yeah that's it yeah and cameras cameras are something i get obsessed with as well yeah. i i can't get enough with cameras i love photography and that sort of thing so i i do i tend to get like off into my own little world on that one <laughs> yeah. the therapy though right it's therapy <laughs> oh it's it's great therapy um it's something i've always used to kind of uh, cope with with the ptsd that i have because mm. if i get like kind of anxious in a room or if i just want to distract myself so i don't get anxious i'll take pictures and sometimes people will see me taking pictures and they're like are you okay and it's like no this time i'm just okay i'm enjoying i'm trying to take a picture <laughs> so it's not it's not always anxiety but if i you know gotcha. that is like <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, and that's kind of what this this podcast is for me. Yeah, you know, because I was in radio for forty years, and yeah. and so I still have that 
creative itch that yeah. I need to scratch. So, right. but I can, uh, and hopefully, you know, this is serving some purpose for our community, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. Know, but I get to scratch that creative itch. I get to, you know, record it and put it all together and do those <laughs> behind the scenes things that, you know, people are, who are listening, you know, it doesn't matter to them, but that's part of my, you know, therapy, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah. mean, therapy can come in different ways for different yeah. people. Like you said, some people I know their therapy is adrenaline therapy. They just want to go <laughs> racing a razor through the desert and let the, you know, and that's cool. I mean, if that's your therapy, that's your therapy. Yeah. And if you go, call me. <laughs> you know fit that into your schedule <laughs> yeah, i'll fit that in somewhere yeah i definitely will fit running around <laughs> well lynn it's been a pleasure talking to you today thank you thank you very much for spending some oh, time you gentlemen thank sharing. you and yeah. we'll see you at the next uh, possibilities meeting yes you will i'll be at the mixer for sure habitat for humanity builds houses and so much more a Habitat build site is where hanging a door opens a world of opportunity, where turning a screw turns the page, and where a simple key can unlock a brighter future. You see, Habitat for Humanity builds houses and so much more. What will you build? Visit Habitat.org to learn more. Walking slow down the avenue Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. For all you sports fans, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. She's uh, really involved in the sports. And she said so eloquently, talking about, you know, once you get through that really tough part of the journey, once you've had a debilitating injury, that you, uh, you know, there's a whole new world out there. You know, it's not like your life is over. And I think that's the first thought that comes to people that, that have an injury later in life, right? You, you and I, we don't know any different, right? We've grown up with it, uh, our injuries, and I think we've we, we've had a, a bit more time to kind of assimilate ourselves to this this way of life, you know, because it's always really we've really known. But somebody that comes later, that that's got to be a tough tough battle, you know. Even even as I've transitioned from walking into the chair, that was a slow process. I already came from a place where I was disabled anyway. So it, I think it's much easier um, through that process. I think that just, you know, I think for me, I know I see a lot of older people that are, you know, having difficulties transitioning into, uh, you know, where they need some assistance walking. You know, they're reluctant to get any kind of AIDS. I think pride and ego kind of plays into that. So, I mean, my advice to them is, embrace it embrace it you know you can get around so much easier and all of those things but but uh yeah lynn thank you very much for coming on and and talking with us and sharing so uh you you got any events you got planned for this week well um nothing really uh, planned for this week but um after listening to lynn today it makes me want to try out some uh new sports not just for competition but just for fun yeah because into something called adaptive boxing where you can attend it on zoom and just put on your gloves but even so i can always box in my own time if i so choose and she was naming some of the sports that i'm actually into you know yeah. like and what are those uh, what are the things that you you found interesting the axe throwing because let me tell you when it comes to axe throwing and archery 
or uh, lawn darts, anything that involves uh, some sort of weaponry or gives me the ability to throw or shoot. <laughs> I'll do it. That's your jam. Mm-hmm. Next to martial arts. Very good. Well, I'm going to, uh, you know, run down some of the things that she was talking about and put those up on our events page on the website. If there's any events that are happening near you that you'd like us to help you publicize, uh, you know, your local uh, adaptive sports uh, organization, and we'll be more than happy to put it on our events page. Now, next week, we kind of, uh, I, I don't know if we dropped the ball. We got busy, let's just say. You know, we had so many great guests in uh, September that we missed the fact that it was disaster preparedness month. And so we're going to make that up and we're going to have Sarah Ray with Rolling Start on to talk about disaster preparedness as and and with highlights of how it pertains to the disabled community. So, you know, Sarah, I know you work together with Sarah. You're obviously very plugged into the whole disaster preparedness uh, community. So we'll have a like almost like having two great guests on next week. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for that? Oh, yeah. But let me tell you, even as an instructor. I'm still learning to this day, and I think uh, Sarah Rhea would be a great mentor for me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you once again for listening to Rock and Roll Live, and it is brought to you by Agyar Professional Training. And if you have any comments, uh, we'll 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 take them all, good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, War Live at WalkandRollLive.com, or you can just go on the website, and there's a a place where you can you know put your name and contact us and all that. All right, so Eric, have a great week. We will see you soon. All right, then, folks. Arrivederci. We will see you next week. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening.